Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. And it fell right in front of me. When you say falling, you mean there was a... Hold on one second. When you say falling, you mean that there was a tree guy out there cutting them. Mm -hmm. Right. Okay, go ahead. He's cutting all the trees. It felt this one particular one, many trees were falling throughout the day. Many branches were falling on the uh, fence line. But the big one, the one of the biggest ones, it, it shook the ground. That's how hard, I mean, literally, and I had the dog in my hand. I was like, oh my gosh, it was so close. But um, because it was a big tree, like it fell all the way across the property. This is the plaintiff, Yvonne Vargas. She says the defendant is a builder who bought the property next to hers. While he was clearing the land to build a house, a large tree fell on her chain-link fence, causing it to fall. Now the defendant is blaming his tree guy for the damage and is refusing to pay her the $1,425 it's going to cost her to replace her fence. She's suing for $1,725, the $1,425 for the fence repair, and another $300 for cement spillage all over her property. This is the defendant, Bob Fisher. He says a gust of wind blew a tree he was having cut down onto the plaintiff's fence, damaging one section of it. A quick and easy repair, but the plaintiff dug in her heels and demanded an entirely new fence. Well, he's a nice guy who was willing to repair the fence, but replace the 20-year-old thing with a brand new one? Come on. He's accused of fouling up a fence. All parties, please raise your right hands. What you are about to witness is real. The litigants are not actors. They are involved in legitimate disputes, and they have agreed to have those disputes settled here in our forum, the People's Court. People's Court is now in session. The Honorable Judge Marilyn Malino is now presiding. Your Honor, litigants have Thank been sworn. You, Douglas. You're welcome, ma'am. Okay, Ms. Vargas, yes. you live next door to a property that is being developed by Mr. Fisher, correct? Y- yes. And um, before Mr. Fisher bought that, what was there? What was next door? It was just woods, like a big forest. Um, Grandma moved here many years ago. It was over 85 years old. Big, big, tall trees and a whole forest. Okay. So, Mr. Fisher, you bought it to develop it and sell it on spec or for yourself? On spec. Okay. So that means you were going to develop. Are you done with the construction or not yet? Yes, ma'am. Is it for sale? It's already sold and transferred ownership. Okay. All right. So I imagine, because I know how I would feel, if I lived next to beautiful woods and then all of a sudden there was a construction project, that this was not like your first choice. This this wouldn't have been your plan A, correct? Correct. It was beautiful. Okay. But, of course, that's private property and they have, uh, you know, he has the right. All right. So in any event, so construction is going on for how long before the tree falls? It had to be throughout the year, I think. I don't have the exact dates, but little by little was going on. So we weren't getting any notice. I hear the noise. I go outside. I'm actually taking the dog out 
And the tree, one of the big trees, because many trees were falling throughout the whole day. Branches kept falling. Everything kept falling. It was a very big forest. And it fell right in front of me. When you say dog, falling, like you feet. mean there was a tr Hold on one second. When you say falling, the you mean that there shook. was a tree guy out there cutting them. Mm -hmm. Right. Okay, go He's ahead. He's cutting all the trees. It felt this one particular one, many trees were falling throughout the day. Many branches were falling on the uh, fence line. But the big one, the one of the biggest ones, it shook the ground. That's how hard. I mean, literally. And I had the dog in my hand. I was like, oh, my gosh, it was so close. But um, because it was a big tree, like it fell all the way across the property. You don't happen to have a picture of the, the tree on the fence, do you? No, because the boys, whoever okay. with the tree people were, they cut the tree. They were cutting it and cutting it okay. to get it off. Right. Okay. So now I saw a series of texts between you and the people who were cutting the trees where they're asking yeah. you to please give them a chance to fix a fence. And I can see from this picture that uh, your fence was pretty destroyed. I mean, that, that is going to require some yes. love and care. Mr. Fisher, let me ask you, when, uh, when, how are you first alerted to the damage that happened to the neighbor's property? The owner of the tree cutting company called me and told me that a gust of wind grabbed the tree as it was falling, um, which, of course, then I got in my car. What are the and odds of that, site. right? Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, it's astonishing. I mean, but uh, I arrived on site. Um, I told him. Uh, if you look at the photographs that uh, I sent or she sent, you'll see the uprights. The uprights are set into concrete. The only thing that was damaged on that, it looks much worse than it is, is just the top rail. And those top rail pieces are only $20 a piece. With that, I instructed the tree guy immediately stop, go out to Home Depot, grab three sections plus an entire new 50-foot roll of fence, and we have to put it back together. And that's how right. I became but what aware. Expertise, right, but she didn't want that to happen. Ms. Vargas, you didn't want the landscaping guy who had just exhibited a great degree of negligence, because I don't believe that a magical gust of wind blew the tree. I think he miscalculated where to make the cut. Um, you didn't want the landscaper to be the person who repaired it, correct? He's not a, tr he's not a fence person, Your Honor. I had a particular... A fence was just put up two years ago. I wanted the same man to put it up. And he and they took it out without even asking me. I have children and animals here. And it it was compromised on both ends, all the popping up. When the people came to estimate, uh, everybody told me the same thing. The whole line was compromised. I have a question for you. Did uh, Were they trying to fix it without even consulting you? Yes, they didn't even ask me. They started ripping apart the fence. I looked out the bathroom window. I'm like, oh, my gosh, what are you doing? I have, I have children and I have animals. Nobody asked me anything. Why didn't somebody, Mr. Fisher, why didn't somebody knock on her door and tell her, hey, we had this accident, this is what, why didn't somebody alert her? What if she let out her pit bull and then the pit bulls end up attacking the, the workers? I mean. According to the contractor, he did. And according to you, he didn't. He was just, he had already visited Home Depot and started doing, trying to do stuff. Yes, no one said this is what we're going to do. How did Nothing. you first learn? How did you first learn that they were trying to fix it? You walked out and you saw the. Rolls I went. Of I fence went to get. I went to get my phone so I could take pictures, and I the bathroom window. If you look out, you get the whole view. And all, I'm like, they're taking apart the whole thing. They didn't ask me anything, and I said, please stop, stop. What are you doing? And they ripped the whole thing apart, and they didn't ask me anything. Nothing. Okay. I have a question for you. Um, why is it that you're suing Mr. Fisher and not the tree company? 
I did speak to the tree company and uh, we did have a little bit of communication gap as far as the language was concerned. And then I went down to town hall and I asked them, this is the builder, what do I do? And they told me you can file a complaint. You, um, he's the builder, so he's responsible for everybody involved in the project. And then you have to go to small claims court. So that's what I did. Okay. Let me ask you, Mr. Fisher, what is the relationship between you and the tree people? It was, this was a unique project. The lot was very small and the trees were very large. Normally, my excavator would take care of it, but because the trees were 80 feet and the property itself was only 60 feet wide, he didn't feel comfortable bringing in a heavy machine to move it. So this was a one-off for me. I've never done it in 300 houses. I've never done it. Um, but I had to hire a tree company. It was the only way to get the big trees out. All right, Mr. Fisher, you are the general contractor on the project? Yes, ma'am. Okay, and as the general contractor, would you not be responsible for the work of all your subcontractors? Uh, they have their own insurance, so they have to provide hold harmless agreements. Right, Mr. Fisher, what you're saying is true, but that allows you to get reimbursement from them if somebody sues you. But in this circumstance, because you're the general contractor, she is appropriately suing you and telling you, hey, you know, you hired all these subs, you're responsible for what they do. So, and then you can turn around and get reimbursed, okay, in a concept in the law called subrogation. But that's your business. Her business is to get a new fence put in. And I kind of agree with you, and I saw the estimates from the fence people, that that's its own issue. I'm a little bit concerned about that, that, it, that it, you can't just, like, you know, put it together with chewing gum and spit. It's something that needs to be addressed for the stability of the fence, especially if you have children and, and pets, but always anyway, because who knows when a strong gust of wind is going to come. And so you need something that's, that's done correctly. My question to you is there's a second bill from a landscaper for $300. What is that for? Because I saw a little bit of cement on the ground. Why would that be $300? Okay, so what happened was it wasn't just the cement, Your Honor. It was the saplings that were broke. My grandmother had the whole raspberry um, garden over there, and we had planted saplings. I thought I sent pictures of some of the broken trees, but also the cement had to be dug up because they took the truck and they cleaned it out. You know, when you lay cement and then it goes, comes out of the, the thing, that was all on the property, and that had to be dug out and removed. You're not allowed to. You have to put it in a certain place. Apparently, if it's cement, you can't just throw it out. Okay, yep, that's I'm, I'm looking it. at these that pictures. Was... Do you see the picture? Right, but that's you're taking yeah. a picture of his property right there. That's his property. That's my, my, and, uh, mine is where, um, do you see, that's all my property to the right. The cement is on my yeah. side. Okay, but that's just a that's little all bit of cement. Why would right that ever there. be $300? But, and this is, well, this that's is what like they, a weed, they really. They charged me I mean, to dig it out, and then they sapling. had to take all the broken saplings and then to replace the saplings. So that's what the landscaper charged. They replaced saplings? Well, Grandma had the raspberry um, garden, or bushes, as you would call. So there were trees that were planted. We had saplings, because this is winter. It's very hard to see. And then did we had all the cement. Did they replace the saplings? Did they replace saplings in that bill? I didn't see anything about that. Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Whether it's routine maintenance and emergency repair or a dream project, Angie lets you compare quotes from multiple local pros, browse homeowner reviews, and even book a service instantly. Angie's been connecting people with skilled pros for nearly 30 years. 
So the next time you have a home project, bring it to Angie to get your job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot Well, he just cleared everything up for me. And then, um, you know, we replaced it afterwards. But he cleaned the cement. So $300 is, so literally $300 is for digging up that little bit of cement and uh, cleaning, cleaning up your yard. Cleaning all the broken trees and the, all the broken yeah, I'm bushes not gonna order, and everything. Yeah, I'm not, I think 300 is excessive for that. I see, I see very little of the cement on your yard. I am going to order the defendant to pay you the amount for repairing the whole side of that fence appropriately, which is $1,425, and an additional $100 for um, cleaning up that little bit of cement for a total judgment in favor of the plaintiff in the amount of $1,525. That's my verdict. Good luck. Could I interrupt? Thank you, Judge. Could I? uh, I'm sorry. That's okay. You took her side. You took our side, but you didn't hear Yeah, that's what happens. There's a winner and a loser. Right. What's your side? Right, but I didn't present a case. Uh, so right. you so need to go to the tell me what you'd like fo- to say that you didn't get to say. Okay. So if you see the location of that fence, her, that fence is out of possession. She put a fence 20, uh, 15 feet inside her property line, which is why my attorney said I could not fix the fence because it was not on the property line. On pond no, transfer not, you, of that property. Have, right. On right, pond transferring of that property, you're still, her property was on, out of possession. Hold on and listen to me. I, I don't know what you're talking about, out of possession. If you go to my property and you break something on my property, I'm going to sue you and you're going to have to pay for it. Not you get to go on there and fix it with chewing gum and spit. You're going to have to pay for it. Your lawyer's right. Don't trespass onto her property. But... I presume that your lawyer also told you you're going to have to foot the bill. You just don't like the size of the bill because it would have been cheaper to no. make the tree guy fix it. Yeah, so, we're done. So That's the my se- ruling. The second. Okay. Well, the plaintiff wins the case. The defendant obviously is a little bit upset. Let's talk to him about it. Mr. Fisher, tell me what your reaction is. What are you thinking? She erected a new fence in a completely new position because she had to by law. It had nothing to do with the tree falling down on a fence. Well, the bottom line is it's on her property. The original fence was damaged by your tree guy. It's on her property. The judge says you got to pay for it. I'm sorry, but that's the way it is. Ms. Vargas, let me ask you a quick question. How do you feel about the decision now? Are you glad you sued? Uh, Yes. No, I'm glad. She's a very fair judge, and I'm happy about the decision. Very good. One side loves the judge, the other side doesn't. Thank you very much, Ms. Vargas. Congratulations. You're going to get your money. Now, Thank let you. us join Judge Marilyn Millian and her husband, Judge John, for another session of After the Verdict. So, Marilyn, sometimes a lawsuit like this comes before you and it presents these kind of thorny legal issues about issues like agency, whether someone is an independent contractor, whether there's subrogation, which is a concept that you spoke about very briefly. You said you have a subrogation claim. Can you explain what that kind of means? Yeah. So if um, a lot of people think that if I, as a homeowner, hire uh, you know, a company to do something and that company does something negligently, that I, as the homeowner, am going to owe the money. But not That's, always true, right? That isn't true. It's different in this case because the defendant was the general contractor. Ah, okay. 
And so um, she's suing him because there is all this other law that talks about the general contractor being, it's part of the agreement between him and the permitting is that he, uh, and the permitting authority, which is the government, is that he is responsible for all of his subs. And then he has the right of subrogation, which means the right to go seek reimbursement from the tree company right. for whatever he had to shell out here. First, he's got to take out his checkbook. It's, First, he takes out his checkbook. And it's the same concept as when you have car insurance. I'm driving my car down the street. I have insurance. Somebody runs a stop sign, hits my car, and totals it. My insurance company is going to pay me, but they have a subrogation claim to go and sue the guy who ran the stop sign and get the money. And try to them, get back right? to recoup the money. Very right. well. Okay. Well, William, uh, this is a little bit complicated because, uh, yes, you can sue for police brutality if the police brutalized you in the arrest. If they made a false arrest, you could theoretically sue unless there is a certain type of immunity which some states and some police departments have. So you're going to have to check in your city and in your state to find out if you're allowed to sue if the police cross the legal line. And that will do it for this case, litigants, for the next case on the way in the courtroom right now. This is the plaintiff, Ayanna Bean. She says she hired the defendant to publicize a documentary about her life called American Gangster. And the woman took her money and did nothing. Yes, that's right. She paid her $5,500. The woman made a logo for her, changed her Instagram name, and that was it for three months. If this woman thinks she can go around ripping people off like this, then she has another thing coming. Because she's here suing her for every penny of the $5,500 she wasted. This is the defendant, Shantavia. She says she did plenty for the ungrateful plaintiff. Things like coaching her for media interviews, photo op with the mayor of Boston, and rewriting her bio, which needed a lot of work. The woman was a no-show for events she set up for her. She always came up with some cockamamie excuse. And she earned every penny of her fee and refuses to refund any of it. She's accused of doing nothing. The defendant has filed a countersuit for $3,000 for non-payment of fees and work completed. All parties, please use your right hands. Welcome back to the People's Court. Next case on the docket, the plaintiff says that she hired the defendant, versus, a publicist, uh, to publicize her life story, which is being turned into a TV movie. The defendant says she did everything she could to do the work to publicize the plaintiff's story, and she deserves the money she got. It's the case of do-nothing publicists. Thank you, Douglas. Okay, Ms. Bean, uh, you were being featured in a BET documentary called American Gangsters. Is it a series? Um, it is a series, Your Honor. Okay, and so one of, the, one of those episodes was going to focus on you? Yes. It's a, um, Why? Um, I, myself, um, I was contacted by the network due to a, a criminal case that I had um, some years ago. And the network was featuring um, a, a number of women on the show that had committed crimes and um, had either, you know, been in prison or along the lines. And I, okay. I was and what was the crime that they contacted you because you were convicted of what? Um, federal financial fraud. Federal financial fraud. And what was the nature of the fraud? Tell me more or less the facts. 
Sure. So I was a financial aid advisor um, at a college, and I used um, financial aid funds for personal use. Are you talking about the funds that were intended as reimbursements for the students? That is correct. Yes, that was one case. All right. So wait a second. So that happened in what year? 2012. 2012. How long did you serve in federal prison for that one? Um, a year and a day was my sentence. All right. And then, but apparently you were already convicted of a financial fraud many years earlier? Ten, ten years prior. And what was that financial fraud? It was, again, I was working at a college, and um, the funds that were used to pay the students' debt. Okay. I'm just curious how the second college hired you with a conviction on your record for stealing college funds, you know, years earlier. How did they hire you? Weren't you surprised when they gave you the job? Um, in a sense, yes, but it had been so many years past, so I didn't believe that that one conviction was on the record still. But Did they the know time, about it? Well, this is what I'm saying. At the trade school, they didn't do a background check. Oh, okay. So you slipped through the cracks. That's, That's really how you... Right. Right. Okay. So let's talk about what happens. So BET, the network, reaches out to you. They say, we want you to be featured on the show. And you decide that it would be a good idea to get a publicist to work on how yeah. your image looks. All right. Um, and I, I believe that in the complaint, you called it branding. You wanted to brand yourself. Well... And what I wanted to do was I, I had a little bit of knowledge of how, you know, I, I wanted to make sure that it was presented, you know, correctly. Um, you know, my conviction is a part of my past. I've moved on with my life and I'm doing other things. So I knew that I needed an expert to be able to help me to, to, to do that. Um, and so I set up arrangements with a young lady for, um, with a stylist for a photo shoot. What was the photo shoot for? The photo shoot was just going to be pictures that I could use as I'm not, you know, had not been taking any professional pictures um, for any media outlets or anything like that. So I had, um, okay. was fo following And that's how you got the name of the defendant. That is correct. All right. So you call her and she tells you it's going to be $2,000 a month, correct? Um, and we agreed upon $2,000 um, as I used okay. what I received from doing the show to pay these fees because the documentary paid you to be able to use your story. Yes. All right. So now you end up hiring her and you pay her right. 2000 according to you you paid her 2000 for May, 2000 for yes. June, and for some reason mm -hmm. she agrees to 1500 in July. That was correct. And that's okay. what I got we it. agreed upon so for that. So what it, what was it? Okay. What uh, did you sign a contract? Is there a written contract between you guys? Um, what I sent over the documentation I received was a questionnaire that she sent over to me, and I completed that questionnaire as well. Okay. Let me ask you, Shantavia, is there a written contract that the both of you signed? No. She brought me on initially. Um, she, was, she wasn't familiar with what PR was exactly, which is fine. So she said, okay, I want to rebrand, vamp my brand. I had a clothing store in the past. I want to bring everything together, get my message out to get ahead of this story. So I said, okay, I'm going to come up with and a game plan. And what was plan. the message she hired you to come up with? What's the message? Pretty much that she's turned her life around. She's passionate about prison reform and wanting to make a difference in supporting women that have been incarcerated. So that was the message, in addition to some things she was passionate about, which was also fitness. And in the day and age of social media, she wanted to bring everything together to make herself a brand, which is what we agreed to do. So she had had some, some of her past uh, work experience in the industry was music-related. She wanted to tie in music and make sure that some of her media press 
was on the music end of things. Some was a little more political when it comes to, you know, the incarceration, incarceration and prison reform and a couple of other things that she was passionate about. So we went through a whole branding okay. campaign. So here's had... my question. What did you do for your money? She wants you, right. she's suing so... you because she wants you to return two and a half months worth of fees because right. according to her, right. you, you did very little. Go ahead. So the first month started off with me working hand in hand with Leah on the shoot to make sure it tied into the branding direction that we needed to go in with her media kit, her social media revamp. We had to clear out her entire Instagram, unfollow several thousand accounts, make sure her Twitter was up to speed, her Facebook, et cetera. That she's a positive role model now. She's, you know, has a good relationship with her family, her children. Um, she had fittings for her premiere event that she missed at boutiques. I have the emails to show confirmations that she pulled a no-show. When she came into town for a skating event, she was supposed to come in to go sit down to take her to um, a radio station that I wanted to take her into, where she would do, you know, uh, interviews where she couldn't really talk too much about the series, so we had limitations. She told me about a month or so in that BET had contacted her and said that she can't mention the name of the show, no court, nor can she mention the name of the network that it would be on. So now, after I had all of our pitches created, and I had already reached out to media contacts telling them that we have this client because that's the leverage. BET was the leverage. Ayana didn't have a brand yet. So in the midst of that, she said her point of contact at BET said that this show, or this version of the show, the Trap Queens edition, hadn't been mentioned, so we can make no mention of that in any interviews or any of our write-ups. So that was the first hurdle. So that's when I told Ayana, I said, okay, I really need you to come in so that we can kind of get an understanding in black and white of what direction we want to go in. In addition to the branding and all the social media things and things in writing, I was in the middle of producing her event that she wanted to do in New York for her premiere of the series. She wanted to do a two-location premiere. So I put my card down for that, by the way, thinking that, you know, we had six months to work everything out. So anything that I paid out of pocket for, I would recoup towards the tail end of our agreement. I already knew that Ayana didn't have this extensive budget to, to work with, but she assured me that this was an agreement that would be at least six months. If she could have it her way, she said right, she would want to Right, but see, that's, this that's on months. you, right? Because you, you are the right. professional, and it's on you if you don't right. get a contract in writing. And these right. days, there's very Absolutely. little excuse for that because you just get them committed right. to write. So you have no business thinking it's a six-month deal unless you have them in writing right. that it's a six-month deal. You get the call. You do get paid month one. You do get paid month two. You get uh, right. paid month three. And then what happens? She contacts you and, like, you don't hear from her. She ghosts a little. So, so you I reached reach out, out to at her. Right. I reached out to her on, I believe, August 19th. That's a text message. And I said, hey, Yana, I tried to reach you several times last week. Um, this was, I needed to get some garments sent to her because she was going to be attending Fashion Week. So I needed to get her sizes and her dimensions. We didn't even get to talk about this. I just have the email trail for that. So um, she said, oh, I've been really busy. Sorry, there's a lot going on right now. She said her son is in the hospital. Um, I'm going to need to suspend services. I said to Ayana, within two minutes of responding, okay, great, let's get on a call tonight at least to figure out what our game plan is going to be moving forward. That was it. So she and decided to not send her. Oh, no. Oh, no, we didn't speak. She didn't call. Um, at least I never received the call. I called Ayana the next morning, the next Monday, to check in to see if everything was okay. And after that, I don't know if she blocked me or what, but she never answered a call from me after that again. And it was just really strange right, to so me then because the next I never time received... that you hear from her, so the next time you hear from mm -hmm. her isn't until 
um, uh, September, October, November, December, until January, until February. That's when you hear from her again, correct? Yes, correct. And not, what not does she word. say to you? Oh, right. she what sent an she email. She wished me a happy new year. She said, happy new year. Um, I hope all is well. Um, can we get on a call or something along the lines of her feeling like the services weren't up to her standards? I respond in detail with my reasons for why she, you know, I don't, I don't think she's deserving of a refund. And that this is the first time I'm even hearing that she was ever unhappy with my service. Right. Okay. We had never had a so negative So let me exchange. ask you a question, Ayana. Why is it that six months later you magically decide that you should get money that you paid six months earlier? I'm kind of curious. What changed? Well, I contacted um, Shantavia in February by email, as she stated, so that we could talk about the mm -hmm. services. As again, she said that she didn't hear from me. Again. There's a couple of things that, well, to answer your question, why I did that. Please, I did yeah, that right, because right. I was out of, um, I was going back over all of the, you know, trying to put this business together, doing this work by myself, and I was going back to expenses and things like that. I paid for an expense of public relations, and I did not have anything to, services to match up with the expense. I never missed any uh, scheduled events because I didn't have anything scheduled. I myself scheduled everything that I had done. It's documented by my social media. I presented to her and sent her on emails that I of arrangements that I made with others. She never scheduled me I for see anything. I see a photo the in the photos that you in the fo These are, you didn't. This is you on what shows? This is my friend uh, Gazelle Alexander, who also was helping me as far as radio. He was doing media as far as radio. This is not okay, something so she, that was according set up to with you, Shantavia. These are things that I did on my own. Okay. These are things that All happened right. long after you and I disconnected. This, there's no way that these things could have happened during the short window of time. Because that, you would have known about it. She would have told you, right? I would have known about it. All right. So um, the pictures that I'm looking at here, did, did Shantavia have anything to do with organizing these, or these are the ones that you took beforehand? Your Honor, these are photos yeah. that were taken on the photo shoot that I had already set up prior to speaking with Shantavia. This was done with okay. the All of them, DJ including the outdoor ones, too? Every everything. This was some uh, the first photo shoot I have ever taken in my life that I scheduled with the stylist, okay. and the stylist had her own photographer. What happened is okay. that because no, okay. The so my next question also... to you: Stop a second. Stop a second. Stop a second. My question to you is: Do you have a witness that you want me to hear from? Apparently, you both have witnesses you want me to hear from. Correct? Um. Yeah. My witness is Gazelle Alexander. Okay. Hello, Your Honor. Hi, uh, what are you a witness to on this case? Okay, so um, Ayanna and I have been friends for close to 20 years. I work in the music business, and she has worked alongside me um, in the music business. Um, when we found out that she was getting this American Gangster uh, episode, uh, she decided that she wanted to definitely beef up her, her media. Um, the stuff that I do, I do radio, and so I was able to get her on I can get her on any radio station anywhere in the country. So that part wasn't an issue. What Ayana feels that she needed help was was the other things that we couldn't do, which was get a little TV stuff, get some magazines, a little bit of uh, blogs, that stuff that wasn't really in what we do. She wanted help in that, and that's why she hired the, um, the PR person. So we can get into those events and do that, but she needed help with getting in blogs, which is what I was expecting when we spoke, was that we get some blog mentions. When you say we spoke, hold on stuff. one second. 
when you when you say we spoke, are you saying that you spoke with Shantavia? All three of us were on the phone together. We had yeah. initially okay. after. Okay. Let me ask you a question, Shantavia. You have a witness as well who you want yes. me to hear from? Uh, me, yes. My witness is uh, Leah J. She's a stylist at work with Wait, give Ayana. Me one, on give me one shoot. second. Hold on. Hold on. Hi. What's your name? Leah. Okay. Talk to me, Leah. What are you a witness to on this case? Um, I am. I know Shantavia and Ayana. Ayana is a former client of mine. And Shantavia uh, used to represent me as far as PR. And what do you do for a living? I am an entrepreneur slash small business owner in marketing and advertising. Okay, so how was Ayana your client? Oh, um, for styling. I used to style a couple of years ago, so she was a okay. former client of mine. All right, so is she? are you the one who gave her Shantavia's name? Yes, I was the referral. So what do you know about this case? Um, so I was supposed to be the principal stylist for styling her on her upcoming events with, um, PPRM. So did she fail to appear to some events? Yes. Ayana didn't show up. How many times? <laughs> Two or three. All right. Um, let me ask you a question. Um, okay. You also have a counterclaim against, thank you. You also have a counterclaim against her, Shantavia, uh, yeah. for money that you feel you should be paid for other months that were after she put the pause. Uh, you believe that you should be paid for September and October? I, 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 what are you suing Yeah, for? I mean, yeah. So I'm also the things that I paid out of pocket for, you know, cake deposits, step and repeats for events that only didn't happen because Ayana pulled out of this agreement that we had, whether it be verbal right. or she pulled out of it. Because you, so, ex um, right, right. But, and verbal agreements are completely enforceable. The problem is that you had banked on having funds come in for six months. So you'd make it on the tail end. Yeah. You'd recoup on the tail end. And that's not something that you secured. You didn't secure a six month yeah. contract. So yeah. uh, let me ask you this. So you're suing for what months that you feel you should be paid and why? Yeah, so um, there was a lot of having to go in and clean things up. Um, I was on countless calls. What months and even, why? Oh, September, what October. Months? So she told me, so September, October, what did you, and November. Okay, prove to me what you did in September, October, and November. I was under the impression that the show was supposed to air on an October date, not January. So I'm sitting here getting press lined up for this event we were supposed to have here in New York. Just the time that went into manager and monitoring things while I'm right. waiting Can to you hear from Ayanna to Can save you prove face. that? Well, I have Can emails. You, prove that? you know what I mean? Can I have, you have emails of that. Right. And I have do you have any emails? Shows. Do you have any emails or confirmations of shows for the months of September, yes. October, November? Okay. And did you give those into evidence? Yes, I did. Um, you'll see in the wording okay. in the emails for the future dates. I see July, I see May, I see July. I'm not seeing anything for the months you're trying to get payment on. And interestingly, you had never tried to get payment on that before now. Just like she didn't try well, to get her money I, back until February, you hadn't tried yeah. to get payment on this until now. Did you ever say to well, her, hey, you owe me September, October, why, November? Well, she never called me, but that was the plan. And honestly, when the I answer is no, you had me, never billed her no, for September, no, October, November. No, ever. I did not. All right, I'm no, ready I to rule. Not. Let's stop. I'm done. We got it. Okay, so the contract is an agreement between you two that you're going to release $2,000 in funds and she's going to do X. 
when I look at this case, most of these PR cases that I get, it's in the first month that someone's complaining. I have something sort of unique here. I have you paying month one, month two, and month three. I have you shelling out money, so I don't have you complaining she's doing nothing. I have you apparently pretty happy with what she's doing because if you weren't happy, it, is, it boggles the imagination why you would keep paying her. Furthermore, you don't even complain about anything and demand your money back until six months later when the documentary money runs out and you sat down to figure out your finances. On your counterclaim against her, you're all of a sudden coming up with you. I work September, October, November, even though in August there's text and communication between you where she says, I have family problems and we have to put a pause on mm -hmm. this. You were told to put a pause, and I believe you did put a pause. I don't think you work September, October, November. And see, the best evidence for me to figure out how to rule is you guys. So if it's good enough for you, it's good enough for me that you were getting your money's worth. And if it's good enough for you that you weren't supposed to get paid, guess who else it's good enough for, too? Me. So on your counterclaim against her, zero. And on your claim to recoup all the funds you ever paid her, also zero. That is my judgment. Good luck, folks. Well, we have a zero-zero tie here in the People's Court. Let's talk to the plaintiff first. Ms. Bean, I, I have a question that really I want to ask you sincerely. If you were preparing to get a whole new image, why on earth did you let the American Gangster Television Series tell your story and present you to the country as a convicted felon? Why'd you do that? Well, I don't I don't think that I'm shamed by being a convicted felon. We have a lot of people in the world that are convicted felons, and they should know that they can still remove their past, they can still carry their past in a positive light. So I don't feel ashamed that I put my story out there because that story can help another young woman who may feel like she wants to hide her life, and I don't think that that would be fair. So that's why I'm very passionate, and I'm okay about being an open book to tell my story to help another person. Okay, well, I'm sorry. You lost the case, and that's it. That's the judge's verdict. Now let's go to Shantavia. Uh, you didn't win here either. It's a loser for you. What do you think? Yeah, it's just really unfortunate. You know, more so, I just, I hate to hear that Ayana is all of a sudden so unhappy with my services and our working relationship. That was really a surprise to me. Um, I mean, honestly, I know I did the best I could. It was one hurdle after the other, one obstacle after the other with her. And I just need to be more mindful of the type of clients that I do bring on in the future. I think that's a smart reaction indeed. Thank you very much. Yeah. All right, You're well, welcome. let's now join Judge Marilyn Millian and her husband, Judge John, for another session of After the Verdict. So, Marilyn, I think it was uh, Andy Warhol who said many years ago that in the future, everyone's going to be famous for 15 minutes. 15 minutes of fame. World famous. And uh, in this case, I guess the plaintiff, Ayana, wanted to grab her 15 minutes, and she was willing to pay up to a point. Right, right. I, I mean, I, I kind of, I, I do like the message uh, to be out there that someone can make a mistake right. and that you can be a comeback. I just, um, I find it kind of humorous uh, or odd that your entire comeback story is your crime as opposed to the actual comeback. Right. You know? and, and, and certainly having a felony conviction or being being convicted of a crime shouldn't be necessarily a scarlet letter that you carry around no. throughout your life. No. For the rest of your life. And, and kudos to you if you are the message to other right. people that you can turn your life around. The thing that kind of struck me on this is that the manufactured brand was the turning the life around part almost. Right. Um, 
Right. But but that's okay. It doesn't matter. Listen, a message is a message, and if that's if she wants to pay somebody, you know, to do that, and she wants to uh, convey that message, that's awesome. Right. Certainly, we want people to redeem themselves, and we love stories of redemption. But the fact of the matter is that when you're in a courtroom and you have prior conviction for a crime that involves dishonesty. Judges are supposed to take that into consideration even when they evaluate the testimony, and so are juries. We instruct juries that's right. to consider that that's when they right. weigh the testimony of the parties. That's, that's right. right. That is an admissible fact that the person who's cross-examining you can say you have been previously convicted of a crime of, uh, of deceit or moral turpitude. Right. Well, hopefully Ayana has turned things around and is heading in the right direction from here. I hope so, too. Rachel, it's interesting. I think the video is like an oral contract. It's better to do in writing because you have a longer statute of limitations and also the writing is going to be clearer because it's not done on the fly.